0: Boils and ghouls, and welcome back to another edition of Crypt Speakers, a Tales from the Crypt podcast. I'm your co-ghost, Jay Tyler, and with me as always is...
1: Ceci Correa. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. I am uh, so scared to talk about this episode because it's got a lot of complicated feelings for me. Um, But other than that, I'm stoked to be here. Uh, So um, we're going to be talking... About the fourth, yeah, fourth episode of the second season of Tales from the Crypt, um, till death. And, um, before we get into it. Oh boy. Um, it's important for us to talk about what this episode deals with. Um, and we're going to try to talk about it seriously. Um, but this is an episode that has a lot of voodoo in it and not Haitian voodoo, the actual like dias, uh, you know, diasporatic religion that sprung up out of Haiti and then spread to other places, good old horror movie voodoo. Um, and that's not great. I think we can both agree, Sessie, that's not a great thing to have in your TV show. Yeah. Especially um, not in and the nineties. Yeah, in nineteen, it's the nineties. People get get with it. Um, it's it's not great to have a nineteen ninety television show, and it's even more complicated to unpack in a two thousand twenty one podcast talking about a nineteen ninety TV show,
1: which is adapting a nineteen fifties,
0: <laughs> which is adapting comic. a nineteen fifties horror comic, which at the time was considered you know sort somewhat politically progressive, but as maybe become a bit more retrograde in retrospect. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot of layers to unpack here. So much in the same way that when we talked about an episode starring Jeffrey Tambor, we kind of had a disclaimer kind of upfront about how any comments that we make about his abilities in the episode don't necessarily co-sign his actions off screen um, depicting legitimate you know afrocentric religions as a means of exacting revenge on other people is a bad look regardless of anything else um i think yeah yeah that's how i'm gonna start this hey this is gonna be a fun one i promise (laughs) this episode's fucking crazy um but i have to start with that disclaimer before we do anything else um so let's get into the episode Till death.
1: Let's do it.
0: Yep. So this one's directed by Chris Wallace, um, based on a uh, script by Jerry uh, Barchelon. Chris Wallace is an interesting dude. Um, He is primarily a special effects um, expert. You have seen his work in the films Gremlins.
1: Which is one of my favorite movies of all time.
0: It's a great movie and it's got great special effects in it. Uh, He also was um, the makeup director on Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, which um, is an interesting touchstone for when we get into what happens in this episode. (laughs) And probably what he's best known for is he is the guy who took um, Cronenberg's vision for the fly and did the special effects for the fly, which if you've not seen is maybe one of the grodiest movies ever put on film.
1: I literally saw it when I was a kid. Like, I don't know when it came out, but I remember being very little and just that movie scared the crap out of me. I don't know why they let me
0: watch it. <laughs> Much like you're not sure why you were allowed to watch uh, Tales from the Cribs. Yes. Not sure <laughs> why you had to watch The Fly. Bad
1: parenting. Uh,
0: The fly is so good, though. Like, I'm just gonna uh, controversial opinion. I know. Um, the fly is so good, and the effects in the fly are so good,
1: yeah, Um, absolutely.
0: So, so you're so you are coming from a guy who and then the effects in the fly are so good that, um, Wallace was actually allowed to then direct The Fly, too, which is not as good Mm -hmm. but still looks great.
1: I mean, I would say Um, that The Fly is an iconic movie, it changed the game oh, yeah. i feel yeah
0: well I, and i think in it, and, and its visuals aesthetic is a yes. big part of that like you have a lot of you have a lot of like moving pieces on that one that are, like you know you have to give props to david Cronenberg. you have to give a lot of props to jeff goldblum for his performance in that film gina davis's uh performance in that film like there are yeah. a lot of people worth praising for that movie's success um but i think just the visuals of it are hard to deny as being pretty central to what makes that movie click and chris wallace is the guy who who was the head of those so so that you know he he directs the sequel to that in 89 and then this is his next directing effort after that um you know he he has one more after this so he's he's not an especially prolific um special effects uh artist but the what but the credits he has are big ones um and and they're uh iconic work I also want um, to
1: point out that he did Hot Shots.
0: Yes, again, <laughs> iconic work. He apparently did some yes. work on Airplane. So yeah, so like it's not all like sci-fi and horror stuff. He did some of the creature designs for House Two. Um, yeah, so like he's 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 a guy who did some cool work. Um, good for and, him. Yeah, he's. Um, Chris Wallace, uh, is uh, worth mentioning as a white guy. Um. And then the writer for this one is someone who I, I have a really, her name is Jerry Bachelon, Bachelon. I'm not, I'm, I, I always feel bad when I mispronounce people's names. She was like the, the main story editor for the new Gidget TV series, which was like a, like revival in 1986 of, um, an old, uh, surfer movie franchise that they then remade. She writes this. She's one of the main producers on the Street Fighter movie. Um, she is... So she... This, not that this defines her as a person, but she is married to um, Jeb Stewart, I believe. No, she's uh, married to Stephen E. D'Souza. One of the screenwriters on uh, Die Hard, so
1: oh wow.
0: So, yeah. and I, I believe he has a couple of writing credits coming up on this show. So mm-hmm. they they were just sort of in the circle, much like Chris Wallace is sort of in the same circle as folks who were like interested in this. Like I'm sure she was just given like, "Hey, we're making this cool horror show. Do you want to write a script for it?" It's like, "Sure, why not? I'll adapt this voodoo story. That's not problematic." <laughs> um, worth mentioning, um, Jerry is also white. Yeah. Um. So, it would be great. I there was a part in my back of my brain. I was like, if there's a black person who like other than like the actors who are black in this, who like had a creative level on this, that would give me some solace that like some of the things in this episode are okay. But no such luck. A bunch of white people making a very black centric story. Well, white centric in a black world. We'll get into it anyway. Here we go. Till death. Um. Do you have anything you want to say before we get into the episode proper? Or no, let's do it. You're good to go. So we open up on the Crypt Keeper. He's doing brand new prop comedy. He's got on a pair of sunglasses. And he's acting like he's on the beach. Because he promises that we're having a tropical themed episode. He welcomes us to his cozy crib. Uh, great. Again, Crypt Keeper really setting the scene in a very safe way. Uh, and yeah, I think. It's interesting because, like, when we get, like, deeper in the episode, like, it's like, I guess it's tropical. Like, that's one way to describe it. Like, I, I you could see the people responsible for the opening and closing segments, like, sweating. of like, what do we do with this thing? Um, so, yeah. A tacky tropical like, tale of love and lust. I do like
1: lust. that he says, uh, so he has, he's um, sitting next to a bowl of fruit, and then he says... I'm sure you'll find this episode appealing. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he, he does it is. And it's one.
1: like the and I was thinking, oh, I wonder if fruit is gonna come into the episode at all. No. But it turns out, as you're saying, like it was they they have such a hard time trying to figure out how to tie <laughs> this, like how how to do a cold open for this episode that the best they could come up with was A
0: bowl of fruit. A fall of fruit. So he's going to gesture towards the fruit and make a pun about that because we're not touching the rest of this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so we get in it and we literally open with uh, Caribbean style drumming going on and dancers dancing around a fire. A woman in a white gown and a veil comes out. And this is my first note. in my notes was, oh God, it's a voodoo episode, which... (laughs) I should have known was coming. Like, there's part of my, the back of my brain that's like, yeah, this is a show in the night, you know, early '90s, based on a comic from the '50s. Like, it, we have already kind of like in, um, oh, what is the ap- rap- rapid aging one? Like, there were sort of like hints of voodoo. Oh, only sin deep. Only sin deep. There's sort of hints of voodoo, but like that still is like all white people. Well, except for the one sex worker, but like that is not like black people cursing white people in any way
1: and also the I mean the entire show up on, until this point has been very not diverse at all no
0: it's extremely white I think that that's and I, and I don't think that's gonna change from what I understand uh, yeah but yes yeah like it definitely is it is a very white centric tone and 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 of a piece of that so yeah that yeah mm-hmm. So like to open with this is like definitely like setting alarm bells off in my head. I'm like, okay, all right. We're, we're going into the danger zone here. We're definitely like setting things up. Um, and then we see a photo of a, of a white guy is shown before blood is splattered all over. It. And it's just, it's straight up um, just this actor's headshot, which I thought was very funny <laughs> to me. <laughs> like it's, it's this actor. Um, his name is D W Moffat. I looked at his, uh, you know, CB. I didn't recognize anything else this dude has been in. Uh, he he like has like tenth build roles on everything else that he's been in. Um but he's the mm-hmm. lead in this, but yeah, we, we we definitely get to see this guy's headshot before we cut away um to like uh, you know, somewhere else on this island, but like it's more like a country club vibe um where folks are mingling around in white tuxes and having uh tiki drinks. Uh, And then we're introduced to the person that we just saw in the picture, Logan Andrews, uh, who is a um, Caribbean uh, hotelier who's um, trying to set up a resort in this, wherever we are. It's never really fully defined, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. What Caribbean uh, island we we, we are in. But uh, yeah, so he... He's talking with his business partner. Um, who... And one
1: thing that struck me, though, about this scene is that they're at a white party.
0: Oh, it's extremely. Yeah. No, it's
1: like it, it, they're all. Yeah, they
0: they, they they are. They are all white. They are all dressed in white. Like, so this is where I have very complicated feelings about this episode, because the, the, the creators clearly know that the white people who are here are, should not be here. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's a, it's a situation where like they are encroaching onto a society and a culture that they don't know anything about. And they um, don't respect it. And they don't respect it. They they see it as a business opportunity that um, Logan and his business partner, Dr. Freddy, I don't think we ever learned his last name. I think he's just referred to it as Freddie, and it's continually like understood that he is a doctor of some sort, a disgraced doctor of some sort, who is now like going into business with him to set up this resort. And be remote. a lot
1: of disgraced doctors in this TV show,
0: right? Well, you know, <laughs> you got you, yeah. I mean, it's a funny thing because like it doesn't really play into the plot of this one so much, but it, it does kind of like he, he it is established that he is a doctor. Um, so they're just kind of like having different socialites around. They're trying they're trying to raise money to like finish up this resort. And they're just kind of trading drinks and talking and like saying, like, oh, you know, things are going well. Um, and the Logan sees a woman across the the party. He's like, "Hey, who's that? To which Freddy says, Oh, that's Margaret Richardson of the London Richardsons, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) It's like, oh, the Richardsons. (laughs) Uh, So he introduces them and uh, Margaret uh, immediately, like for all the. She just is a constant stream of barely shaded racial complaints. Yeah. Uh, She complains about the humidity, the spiciness and ethnicness of the food welcome to our island paradise paradise oh hardly i'd forgotten how hot it gets down here and how humid (laughs) and the food it's so spicy and so ethnic (laughs) so she's just terrible like immediately like like you know
1: well and he says the the doctor says like oh you're you're best off Keeping your hands in in your pocket, she's very high strung, and then after right. she makes all these remarks, uh, Logan says, "Doctor, you said she was high strung, but she's just a bitch."
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, like he's just like, I want nothing to like. She's she's loaded and good looking, so he's like interested in her for that reason. But like, yeah, the moment they're talking, like even these guys are like, "Woof, she's a lot to deal with." Yeah. Um. Uh, so bl- luckily before uh Margaret can make any more racist comments, one of the workers runs in and pulls Logan's away because there's been an accident and boy, howdy, if it's not quicksand to let you know, fully no, this was a story written in the 1950s. Yes. <laughs> so so and, you learned, go ahead.
1: Oh, immediately. I'm reminded of the John Mulaney bit where he's right, like, yes. wow, when I was little, I thought quicksand was going to be a way bigger deal than it is.
0: I feel like I mean not that anyone's making a lot of like quicksand related plots, but I feel like it's, if you if you had your your script, you know, uh, island of quicksand in the yes. tank when John Mulaney came out that bit, it's like, well, I guess I got to put this in a fire because that's just it a is, joke now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it it's very much of its time,
0: right. Um, so yeah, so he goes out there and and they're like, Hey, guess what? This island's filled with quicksand. It got Charlie. I'm like, Oh no, not Charlie, a character I did not see, but Charlie got eaten up by the quicksand and the, the other, these, you know, local workers are talking to Logan. They're like, listen, the amount of money that you're going to need to be able to like get rid of this quicksand so that you can build here they say it's more money than god has like you 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 don't yeah. have the funds to do this and so logan's in a bad spot he's like well i've already invested all this money in it and it's like if this doesn't happen i'm toast like like he's already he's already pot committed to this resort so he has to
1: I kind of have a question about this sure. because it's like i was kind of thinking like oh i think this this land that he bought turned out to be the equivalent of like a lemon Like, when you buy a car and it's a lemon. And I was trying to think, like, (laughs) what is the equivalent of that but for, like, real estate? Because there's got to be...
0: You mean besides an island filled with quicksand?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or is an island filled with quicksand the equivalent
0: of a a, a lemon? Of buying a lemon car? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's definitely the issue here is that he's like... He, he he bought, I guess yeah, he, like, is the, I think the implication is, like, if he's not just, like, a large track of land on it, like, yeah, he may have just bought this whole island, and then when, like, when they're, like, trying to work on it, it's like, oh, by the way, it's filled with quicksand. He's like, well, that's a bummer. <laughs> like, I was hoping it wouldn't be.
1: Clearly, um, what he should have done is just buy a bunch of tents and tell a bunch of, like, rich influencers that right, the tents yes. are, like, yeah. I don't know, like, premium, exclusive tents.
0: Right, get them and, all, you know, rotten ham sandwiches, and then he'd be able to make his investment back. Yeah. Yeah, some real fire festival energy going on.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and
0: and Logan's panic of being like, oh, crap, I did not think this through. Um, So he doesn't have the money to finish construction. He doesn't have money to take care of this quicksand. He realizes he's going to have to get money somewhere. And you know what, Ceci, I, I take it all back. We do have, pro- uh, you know, progress in this episode because this time the gold digger gets to be a man in this episode of Tales from the Crypt. Right? Friends. Because finally. he Finally, equality. Um, <laughs> he, he decides, hey, if I can seduce that bitchy girl at the party to marry me, then I can, or I, I can seduce her into like funding this project. And it's like, that's your plan. Your plan is just to go oh, into seduction. You mode? know
1: what? Though we did have a male gold digger in "Lover, Come Hack to Me."
0: This is true. Yep, yeah, we are. We, you're, so you're I guess correct. they are.
1: They are kind of. What are we? Are we two for two?
0: In ish
1: in gold digger. Uh, oh, ratio? oh oh oh
0: oh! Uh, I would have to think about that. I I feel like maybe it's just because like it's such a bad trope for women characters in movie and you know movies and stories like this that the women stand out to me more but um i yeah i'd have to sit down and yeah do some i actually think that.
1: we're two for two because it was only sin deep uh dead right uh which is women and then there's uh lover come hack and then this one so it and those were men so yeah we're you two
0: could for two. you could also make an argument that all through the house is a, is a woman gold digger like it's a slightly different like it she's yeah. she's done the gold digging but yeah yeah like anyway um, I also have, uh, we need to keep track of our, how many times does do women kill their lovers? Count? Oh Mu- yeah. Much fewer in season two. Um, so far, you know, mm-hmm. n- nobody dies in the switch. We're just talking about past episodes because we don't want to talk about this episode. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, that's not true. I do want to talk about this episode. Um, so he, he decides to go marry Margaret. Um, unfortunately, for him, when he tries to woo her to get, you know, to get on her good side, she sees right through his bullshit. Like, she she immediately, like, is like, listen, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want anything to do with this island. I want to get out of here as soon as possible.
1: Now, um, one thing that I thought was interesting is that I think the doctor says uh, that she has, like, four million dollars. Right. And... If this took place in the fifties, four million dollars is actually a lot of money. It would be it like is. the equivalent of like forty million today, ish.
0: That's actually a, a great. I, I that's a great point. I'm not sure if, when this story is supposed to take place because it's very remote. And there's yeah, no, it, like
1: it could be snow- in the thirties for all we know.
0: It could be the 30s, it could be the 50s, it could be, like, you know, then present day. Like, it really is unclear, like, when and where we are. Like, the style, like, all the style is very retro. So it kind yeah. of suggests a, a previous time. But there's no, unlike in, um again, talking about previous episodes, unlike in Dead Right, where it's, like, very explicitly 1950, there's nothing yeah. in this episode that, like, really says, and now the year is. So, but yes, like...
1: It, I mean, other than I think the way that she's dressed definitely looks like, I don't know, right. 30s. The,
0: all, 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 the, all the fashion is very 30s, 40s. I, I will give you yeah. that. But I also just see that as general like hallmarks for um, uppity, rich white people.
1: So, <laughs> yes.
0: Um, so, uh, yeah. So Logan's in a bind. He's got to seduce Margaret for her four mil, um, but she wants nothing to do with him. She wants nothing to do with this island. So, Logan goes to an old friend, quote-unquote, uh, a voodoo priestess who he calls Psyche. Um, and she's sort of, you know, she's, she, she's a, a very stereotypical voodoo priestess. She lives in a hut. She has, like, magic spells. And I think one of the things I like about this, the last episode we talked about how Cutting cards is a lot of exposition of, like, telling you the whole story of the history of these two characters. These two characters clearly have a history that they never really fully explain or define. Like, yeah. they never they never really get it, which I think works. Like, I don't know what your opinion on that. Like, if you feel like they need a little bit more than nothing. But, like, they clearly, like, I
1: thought it was perfectly fine. It's like she walks in and immediately you can well and then also because the first shot it was her and yes. the picture of him with blood on it so you're like oh okay like that's why they kind of have a history and he just kind of hints like he literally says something like i know it didn't work out between us right um i thought it was just just enough like
0: right he he did something to hurt her and so she's mad at him but he's like coming to her being like Hey, I know that we didn't work out, but I need help with this other situation. She and does it... make
1: a um observation or a retort or something about duck meat?
0: Yes, yeah. It's, I didn't it's...
1: quite get that. It was something like he was he was you you came to a barbecue and brought your own duck meat or something yeah. like that and that's why he was like shunned from
0: like right
1: further events or something and i was like what that is the only thing that i was very puzzled about and i kind of yeah. wanted to know more can we right. have an episode about the duck meat incident
0: <laughs> right a prequel to tell death about what happened with the duck meat no yes. i think i think this is this is how you do character backstory exposition is you give little hints you give like little glimpses into like these people clearly have a history She's clearly mad at him about you know things yeah. that he did he's clearly possibly been a the to duck
1: her in the meat past.
0: possibly about the duck meat um, so like yeah like th- <laughs> there, there's great
1: So what have you been up to? I've been Look... suing the government over some bad <laughs> duck meat
0: yes exactly <laughs> um, so so she so she gives him this potion and she says if you give her one drop she'll become his wife but if he gives her two she'll be yours for life. So the implication being, don't over. She's a zombie. Yeah. Well, shh. Don't don't give away the the horse before the cart. (laughs) But yeah, like yeah, he's he's just like. I mean,
1: immediately you're like, okay, for life.
0: Right. Yes. No. I mean, it's it again. It's it's a it's it's oh no, it's a voodoo episode. There's probably going to be a zombie at some point. Um. So then the talking like going so she like forces like she forces herself onto him and kisses him and i we watched this like several times i'm pretty sure he slaps her like yeah, it's a, yeah like so she like forces him to kiss her and then he she forces him to kiss her he slaps her she doesn't like flinch at that like it's really intense like this yeah. moment of like him like her like being like i'm going to like have my way with you in this moment and there's These two actually do to have, like,
1: that. amazing chemistry together. They, I was way more really interested do. in that relationship than in him trying to get this uh, this lady to give him money for his hotel.
0: You, you buy that they had this tumultuous, like, fiery yeah. relationship. And that, like, he, like, either because of duck meat or just because, like, of his position, like, just, <laughs> like, you know, it's, like, kind of kept it in the shadows. Um, yeah. No, it, it's really, yeah. And so, like, yeah, so he, like, slaps her, and then he breaks away, and, like, they kind of stare at each other, and he takes the potion and leaves. Um, also, I can't remember how he says it. I'll maybe have to clip it out. Logan says cabana real like, cabana or something. Like, he says <laughs> the word cabana super weird at one point in this episode. I, I Enough for me to write it down. Cabanas. But not, like, write down how he said it weird. Anyway, but it's a weird word for him not to be able to say correctly, um, but he's trying to sell Margaret on investing again. And she's still like, hey, this is a swamp filled with quicksand. Why would you build a resort here? Which, fair point. Um, uh, oh, I, And while she's complaining, he like pours them drinks and he gives her like one uh, drop of the and potion.
1: Here's one thing that I thought was interesting. She says she's hot. And so he's like, here, let me get yeah. you a drink to help with your thirst. And gives her whiskey? Yeah, you're to know, cool down. Right? Like, who does that? And it didn't even have ice in it. So I'm just <sighs> like, I just don't see how that's going to help her thirst or mm. her, like, heat levels.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to drink what you have available to you. So, yeah, he, he pours them both, yeah. like. Some some whiskey of some sort gives her a drop of it, and like here, yeah. And then she, I think also here, she says, Did it get a lot more hot in here? Which he says, I think it's gonna about to get even hotter. And he goes for a kiss <laughs> on her, but for his effort, he gets slapped a lot of slapping in this episode, yeah. A lot She's of like, Well, of I kisses. never, yeah. No, and and he she storms out, um, and oops, I guess the potion didn't have any effect on her, just Which, to be fair,
1: she only drank half of it.
0: Yeah, she didn't drink the whole drink because he was too busy. Like she was complaining about it being hot, and then he was like, "Here, well, how about my tongue down your mouth? Would that make it better?" <laughs> yeah, um, nope. <laughs> so she she storms off, and then later, uh, comes to his room. Um, now she's apparently very into him, uh, and things tells him- are about
1: to get hotter again.
0: Yeah, things are this just time hot. for real. Yeah, this time they're, it's, you know, they're really going for town. We don't quite get to love or come hack to me levels of like, is this still happening? <laughs> and thank I, gods for that. Yeah. and Yeah. I don't want to know anything about what Margaret says when she's in throes of ecstasy, given what she says when she's just hanging out with folks. Um, anyway, I'd also like there's a moment here where they're like kind of like getting ready to get to business. And she's like, don't call me Margaret. Call me maggie i'm like that's not don't call me margaret call me maggie that's not a dirty name like i don't like it's not (laughs) sexy like it's like oh so are you my granddaughter now like i don't understand (laughs) like why like she really leans into that which i thought was funny um all of this is intercut with um psych just doing voodoo stuff like it's and yeah
1: it's not very clear it's like okay so is the potion working because the potion is working or because or she controlling margaret
0: through the doll yeah like Yeah. yeah like she's clearly she like between the opener and kind of as the story progresses she's clearly orchestrating events to go in certain ways um like as it's like intercutting all these times when she's like doing her thing and like they're like going to business um a servant named Wellington, great name for you know a, a servant. If you're gonna have those, I guess. <laughs> uh, comes in. Maggie's like, I don't like the cut of his jib, uh, probably because he's black, and tells Logan that that he needs to fire him. And and Logan's like, he's worked for like my family for a long time, and she's like, I don't care. And it's like, neither the, of these are good arguments. Neither is <laughs> the argument that the fact that like this guy has worked for a long time as a manservant. Or is the argument like, I don't, he seems shifty to me. I'm like, oh, y'all both terrible. But Logan's like, I need to take the edge off a little bit more. So he dumps the rest of the potion into a drink. Um.
1: Uh, yeah, because I guess he was like, well, I did one drop and it didn't really work. Or I well, guess it I, had I, a delayed I,
0: effect. Right. Well it's like if one drop's good, this whole bottle must be doing great. So Maggie drinks some more. Um and Because more of the thing is what you need. Right. Just give give her more of the magic potion uh which was indicated to you, the more you gave it to her, the more dedicated she would be to you um,
1: and see, for life. The thing is, if this person had an essential essential oils diffuser like I do. Sure he would know that that shit is concentrated, and if you the literally the, the box says two drops, but if right. you do more than that, it's gonna smell like.
0: Are you saying Ooh. if you use too much essential oils, you'll turn yourself into a zombie?
1: Yes, is that, is that your, and you your, don't. Your, 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 your... Yes, and you don't you don't want that. So you don't
0: want that. No, you hate to see it happen. He Good. should.
1: He should have known.
0: You should have known. That you
1: don't, yeah, you don't. If if the tin says two drops, you stick to two drops. Otherwise, you're gonna get a headache from like the eucalyptus sort of like stench in your
0: room. Sure, sure. no, yeah, it's 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 a it's a big mess you don't want to deal with. Um, well, turns out it just makes Maggie more amorous. Um, so they they're about to go for things round are two. about to
1: get hotter again. The,
0: yeah, these things are just getting hotter and hotter, um, and this is this is all intercut with with more voodoo. And then, while this is all happening, all of a sudden Maggie starts chanting in uh, tongues, basically, and convulsing. And Logan's like, "I think this has gone poorly. <laughs> I need to go get my doctor friend." to see. Logan
1: is like, "Did I?
0: Did I do that? Is this is this me? Is this my fault?" <laughs> I know this happened directly after I gave her way more of the potion than I was instructed to, but I'm not entirely but... responsible for this.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so he goes to get Freddy. Freddy's like, um, what happened to her? Did she ingest anything unusual? And Logan's like, nope. <laughs> like, just straight up lies. She's <laughs> like, no, I have no idea why she would be doing this. Um, meanwhile, Margaret's still writhing. And she declares in a choked voice that she'll love Logan forever and ever. And then she's dead. Uh, which, you know, when you're trying to seduce a woman out of her $4 million is definitely a, a roadblock in that mission uh, when she dies on you. Uh, so so it's like dreams
1: his dreams are drowning in quicksand.
0: It is like his dreams are drowning in quicksand. Uh, so Margaret ends up being buried on this island that she hated, which I kind of love. (laughs) They just have this, like, rush funeral where it's just the two of them there, and they bury her there. And it's just like, well, I guess she'll live forever on this island that she kind of hated. Um.
1: I sure hope she doesn't turn into a zombie.
0: That would be real unfortunate if she turned into a zombie. So after the funeral, Logan goes back to Psych. He basically throws her against the wall, and it's really uncomfortable, because he's like, clearly about to like choke her out and like just being very physically dominant over her and he's like had it like he feels like it's her fault even though he's the one was the dummy who gave her too much of the potion. Um he's about to choke her out and then he stops and says she's not worth going to prison for. Um and as he's leaving she says that there's things far worse than going to prison um which is very ominous. Um and that's where you're gonna go. And that's where you're yeah. He's he's she's got Plans for you, Buster, um, because of the duck meat. I'm sure that's what this all comes back to. Yeah. So he, so Logan, legitimately seems torn up about Margaret. I mean, he's he's torn up about the money, but he also also's like, man, I kind of killed this lady. Like, I think he's slowly coming to the realization of his own like.
1: Or maybe they just had a really nice time together the, the night before, and he was just yeah. like, you know just really really bummed yeah, about
0: it that one night well yeah he's just really having a rough one yeah he's like you know you were rude to me until i i potioned you and still very racist up until the very end but that one night of sexing was pretty great
1: i mean um, dudes did... am i right <laughs>
0: <Fair> <laughs> not. uh so he's, he's, he's about to, like, walk off. And then Margaret pops out of the grave and she plants a kiss on him. We've got a voodoo zombie, folks. Officially, we got ourselves a voodoo zombie. Um, And from here on out, so Margaret's had a fairly defined, like, posh British accent. Once she's a zombie, her accent's all over the place. And I don't know if that's intentional or if it's just I mean, this actress. It's gotta
1: be. it's got to be hard to talk when, like, your tongue is, like, You know,
0: flop it all over the place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Also, I made a note here, which is so you know how you've said in the past that, like, there's got to be a reason for each episode to be on HBO and not on, like, regular TV. So I thought, in in theory, there should be. Is this necrophilia and is this why Mm -hmm. this is on HBO? do they i guess i guess
0: because she goes back to the his house and then they like wake up in the house i guess yeah after she gets out of the ground they yeah they to do it again yeah
1: and at that point she's looking not like a zombie
0: right yeah she comes out she's looking normal she's she's looking normal um and yeah so like yeah i'm sure that they went home and 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 did it and literally boned (laughs) yep they boned down uh and so Margaret's now sort of this like overly chipper like home partner, and they they have like this like home life that she's kind of like you know she's making him food she's she's just being the happy home wife for him. Um, and but then, like, what's up? I
1: don't know if you're gonna get to this, but she literally made him a lot of food.
0: She makes a lot of food. Like she's she's clearly like she is experiencing a ravenous hunger that she's expecting him to come up and he's like oh boy. That's a lot of food. uh. Yeah, like, she made it into this giant feast well, for, for assumably one person?
1: Well, but she says, I need you to eat up because you're going to need some strength
0: for oh, later. yes, yes. Yeah, she's, like, yeah. Like, she's she is horny on mane for this guy.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's horny why enough to come back
0: from the dead.
1: Yeah, she literally makes him a feast and, like, says, I need you to eat all this food because you're going to need the energy for now,
0: I want you to eat every last bite because you're going to need all your strength if you're going to make love to me five times a day.
1: Did you really make all of this? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh. And if
1: you like this, you will love dessert. Stuff later. Yeah,
0: for, for, for our, our ravenous yes. lovemaking.
1: Literally, that's the only thing on her mind.
0: Yeah, no, that's all she cares about is, like, getting him prepped for more boning. Yeah. Um. So uh, there's also a great moment where her where it's like, do you smell? It sounds like something died. And she's like, I don't know. Whatever. Like, eat. Um. Uh, and then he tells Margaret that she seems off. Even though, like, I mean, she does seem off in the fact that she's, like, overly chipper and made you a shit ton of food so you could sex better. Um. Which, side note, that's not how that works. I'm just going to say. I, you know. <laughs> If it's I the opposite of, yeah it's the opposite of that you don't want to do that at all um
1: but yeah i definitely think that it's a little bit of like a slap in the face like you're i guess i guess not really wife but girlfriend or whatever yeah. makes you a bunch of food and then you're like you don't look good you look yeah. just like
0: <laughs> you look something's dead. wrong what's up with, what's up with your like dead eye face <laughs> that you got going on What's up with your everything? <laughs> you you smell like a carcass.
1: <laughs> yeah, not not a nice thing to do after someone cooks you like a buffet well,
0: worth of. Well, food. whatever. She's like fully dedicated to him at this point. Like, there's nothing he can do that's gonna get her off the Logan train. You know what I mean? Um,
1: you, you're you're saying that Logan has nowhere to run.
0: Uh, I mean, he's gonna have somewhere to run. Get it? It's Cause gonna... Logan's run oh oh, god damn it sassy Uh, (laughs) i gotta lay down like i just ate a bunch of food for sexing um anyway i gotta i gotta keep moving um so there's so logan is kind of talking to dr freddy and they're just kind of like you know just chatting and then all out of nowhere he's like you just made the most colossal mistake of your medical career, which says, no, no, no. I did that in England, dear boy. Why do you think I'm in this place? Which I thought was a great little bit of backstory of like, okay. So you, you did something bad and that's why you're here running hotels for some reason. I thought that was a really funny little exchange. And so then he tells Freddie that Margaret isn't dead, To which Freddie is like, that's dumb. Of course she's dead. I checked her pulse. Like I know a corpse when I see one and he, and then, and then he reveals, that's actually impossible because we had her embalmed because of the climate. And as it like in literally in the middle of this explanation, Zombri Margaret comes up behind him and chops off his head, which is so choice. Like, yeah, I love that. Like he's literally going through like the expo, like explanation exposition to like explain why this should be especially weird. And the episode movie, whatever you want to call it, itself is like, we have no time for this. we got to keep moving. Um, and so he chops off she gets his head chopped off and rolling down. And this is the point where she like her face is really starting to deteriorate. Like she's clearly got the zombie look about her. Um she never like goes like full on like drooling for brains or anything. She's drooling for something else. Yeah. yeah. But um she duck she's meat. just like <laughs> Yeah, for duck meat, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um uh, so so Logan's like Oh no! I'm I have a corpse bride situation on my hands. Um, so he runs away. He grabs a revolver, and he just empties it in her, which then leads to maybe my favorite line of the movie. Oh my god! I killed her. Wait! I can't have killed her. She's already dead. And then she pops up at right, like perfect timing. Like, yeah. Like at this point, this episode is cooking. Like it just moves yes. from here on out. Um. So yeah, she pops back up because. Zombie, um and she admonishes him for shooting her. After all, she just brought this dress, which is great. Like she's not mad that he shot her; he's just mad that he ruined her dress because um, she's just trying to look pretty for him. So she she's trying to love on him, but he's like, "I don't want a gross zombie girlfriend." So he he runs into, he runs out of the house into like sort of the swampish area he does she what should've... any
1: reasonable person would have done in that situation which is run towards the
0: quicksand R- well <laughs> well we'll get to that so see i <laughs> the moment he runs out are you thinking of the quicksand when he runs absolutely. out absolutely okay cuz i i think that the maybe this is just my dumb brain of watching like so much has happened between now and when the quicksand was established that I had kind of forgotten about the quicksand by this point. It's
1: Chekhov's quicksand.
0: Sassy, 100%, <laughs> I have the line, Chekhov's quicksand, lit written in my notes here.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Like, it's it's 100%, like, it's, it's the thing that they talk about in improv all the time, of, like, the moment after you've forgotten about a thing is when you bring it back. Yeah. And so I think the timing of this is really well done, of, like, he's running away from her, and, like, you're so caught up in him just getting away from her so that she doesn't like sex him anymore in her gross zombie form. Cuz that's what's great about this is that he's not scared that she's going to hurt him. Like there's there's no sign that she has anything intention of hurting him or eating his brains or anything. She just wants to keep having sex with him and he wants nothing to do with that. So he just runs because she's a gross decaying zombie lady. So yeah, so yeah, he runs into the swamp directly into quicksand as it says here in my notes. Quick checkoffs, quicksand. Um and he's sinking sinking but luckily for him his lady's there to save him. Margaret saves him from the quicksand cuz she's such a gal. And he returns the So as she's chasing him she has like this kerosene lamp that she's like chasing after him with. And he returns the favor by kicking her away into the kerosene lamp that she's carrying and catching her on fire which Leads to the great line yeah, of her. Yeah, it's
1: a little overkill.
0: It's crazy, but it leads to the great her great line. I'm burning with desire, uh, which uh, he shoves her back into the quicksand on fire. To which he says, "So it's so much to get for hot burning in
1: here
0: desire again." Yeah, yeah so it's, yes, it, this is about as hot as it gets. Uh, and he says, "So much for burning desire," which I love that they made the burning desire joke twice, like they. <laughs> they really like lead into that one. Um, so he goes back to his bungalow and he starts drinking. Which fair? It's been a day. Um, to which he says, "To Margaret, may she rest in peace. I thought I would never get over her death. In fact, I thought she'd never get over it either." This episode's got great jokes. Yeah, um, I just
1: think it's like he's literally not talking to anybody. He's just he's just making, toasting the air. He's just cracking jokes for himself.
0: Yeah, he's just, he's just making great jokes. He's like, oh, I should, I wish Freddie was not decapitated. Um, Man, I really uh, need to write these for my stand-up set. Exactly. Uh, but there's a knock at the window, and holy shit, it's a skeleton Margaret straight from the quicksand. Um, and she looks real gnarly at this point. Like, this is sort of where you get into that, where we we're, were talking a lot about, like, Chris Wallace is a visual, like, effects person. And he's really leaning into that at this point. Like, her visage here is truly like unsettling it's yeah. not quite brundlefly but it's up there in terms of just like really like gnarly zombie effects um and then logan's like fuck all of this i'm going to just chug this poison and die and
1: Which... i well was he chugging the poison or was he chugging any more of the potion that would have made him into a love zombie too and, and and if so why?
0: No, he's he's he legitimate like he grabs the doctor's bag, finds a, a bottle marked poison okay. and starts chugging it. And I'm like, wow, like that's how bad you don't want to have sex with a zombie is that you're like, okay, I mean, fuck it, same. I'll just kill myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I so, don't fault him for that.
0: It's just a big mood of just like, I've had a day I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm going to chug this poison and die. Uh, so he passes out or dies. Um, and then we're back to more Caribbean dancing. Um, like, and it's kind of hard to like, I, I don't think it's supposed to be like, this is where we entered or anything, but we we're just doing more Caribbean dancing. Uh, and we cut to her and then we cut to, and you know, Psych is doing some dancing and then we cut to her inside and she has Logan and he's tied up. She spits on his face, which seems to bring him back to life. Uh, and he's he's confused. He's like, "Hey, I thought I I, I was de- I I thought I was dead." See, at the,
1: at this point, I thought that the uh, ritual that we opened the episode with with his photo
0: was. This I thought moment. That that's
1: yes, and that's how they brought him back to life.
0: Entirely, it, it's, it's not clear, but that totally makes sense. I kind of, yes, like, that that was my assumption, too. But, like, looking through it, I was like, maybe it's supposed to be a second ritual that they're having. But, yeah, like, it's probably, like, a loop. Like, we're back to where we started now. Um, So, yeah, she confirms that he was, in fact, dead. But she always keeps her promises. Um, And then she says, there's someone who's just dying to see you. And it's uh, it's Skella, Margaret. And her, like, tongue's hanging out. And it's super grody. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's, like, literally if someone... Thought of the word horrific that yeah. would be a great gif because it's literally like oh the it's skeleton so and then the tongue inside just kind of going <laughs> blah, 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 blah. yeah it's it's
0: it's the skeleton <laughs> with a tongue that is such a like it's one of those things where it's like it's a it's a it's a horrific image that i've just never thought of before because like you see like there, we see a dang skeleton every episode of the show he opens and closes it but yeah. this Crypt Kipper doesn't have a tongue, so he's not, like, totally yes. unsettling.
1: Yeah, um, I think this is what makes it unsettling, is that the tongue is, like, deteriorated, but also very, like... Just, still active,
0: like, she's just wiggling it. Like, you know that that tongue's gonna go to work here in a second.
1: Yeah, it's, uh... It's gross. If I had seen yeah. that as a kid, I would have been, like, traumatized.
0: No, it's it's...
1: Yeah. And I think that's what this episode has going for it is that they were going for more of a gross, I don't know if you want to call it gross out, but they were definitely going for those like more like classic horror in that sense.
0: Sure. No, this is definitely a, a horror short. Like it yes. talks about how some of the episodes of the show don't like like oh, i mean it's kind of it's kind of horror but like it's kind of playing in different genre. Like, yeah also, this like, one is of, definitely horror this is a horror story like, like through and through
1: yeah and it's not necessarily scary but the visuals
0: are horrific yeah for sure um, also, the severed head of Dr. Freddy is there and he's talking and laughing and just having a great time.
1: I thought that was weird because I'm like, OK, why? why? Why did you do that?
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's just another like nightmare image to add to this final scene. And he's like, well, he also has got to get his pun in because he says, I always heard you'd get ahead, Logan. Uh, and yeah. so, yeah, so we we, we close out uh, the story with Logan tied down, screaming. As he's about to force be tongue-kissed by Skella Margaret. Uh, and that's and we, and we fade away on that horrific thought. Um, and we come back up on uh, Crypt Keeper, who uh, seems to have a crush on both Psyche and Maggie. <laughs> like, he talks about how, like, great Psyche is, and then he's like, and how about Maggie? Girls like that are pretty hard to dig up. Ah. And so he said, and he ends the episode saying that Logan seems to have had himself a zombie. And so he'll have one too and holds up his tiki drink, which is how I learned that there's a tiki drink called a zombie. Uh, I was not familiar. Do you know, and I looked up, do you want to know what's in a zombie tiki drink?
1: I feel like I've had one, but I have no idea what's in it.
0: Okay. Well, like all tiki drinks, it's a shit ton of alcohol and a shit ton of juice to make the mm-hmm. alcohol. It not taste like alcohol. So it's light rum, one ounce light rum, one ounce dark rum, one ounce orange liqueur. And then you get into orange juice, passion fruit, uh, puree, lime, lemon juice, lime juice, grenadine, bitters. And then on this uh, recipe, I found optional half an ounce of 151 proof dark rum in case you just really are <laughs> looking, looking for that extra oomph. Um, yeah. So, yep. Amazing. Yeah. And that's that's this episode. Um, again, the outro. These people like I don't, I don't know. Like tiki drinks. That's that's also offensive, right? I don't know. Like just. Ugh. All right, Sassy. As always, we have to decide: is this an episode, a keeper, uh, or a stinker? And I know this I... one's hard. I I, 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 uh,
1: I think it's a stinker for me, even though I think that they did a good job with the zombie effects. It's just not enough to, like, redeem the rest of the episode. And even, like, there are some good lines, and it's a little cheesy and over the top, with the, it's about to get hot in here. And there's, like, some funny lines there, but I just don't think that it's overall enough to... To redeem us a whole.
0: For yeah, me. yeah. There, <laughs> in a vacuum, this might be my favorite episode of Tales from the Crypt that we've watched yet. Oh wow! Because we talked to like it's an unapologetic horror story. It's. It's really, like, I think that this is maybe maybe all through the house is slightly better in this regard, but I think this episode is really well paced. Like, it moves. It moves in such a way that, like, moment to moment, it is stuff is happening. Like, you never get bored.
1: There's not a line wasted. Right. Like, in the previous episode that we talked about, where there's... Exposition of the same thing back to back.
0: Yeah, I think just everything in this this episode works. Like I I I can't like and like there's there's this blend of being like this trap like there's this sort of undercurrent of so so here here here's my issue, and this is kind of why I wanted to start with the disclaimer before I said anything else about this episode. Um the voodoo shit in this episode is real bad. And, and, it, and, it, and it's kind of one of those things where it's like, does it disqualify it almost from even being considered in that same area? And, the, and like, is the fact that there's so much in this episode that is built on, pardon the pun, bad bones, like, does that make it like impossible for me to enjoy a lot of the stuff in this episode that I think is so good? Like I think it's so well plotted. I think the acting is perfect for what they're trying to do. I think the the relationships between the characters are interesting. Um like like we were talking about like Logan and psych have like such a electric chemistry of hatred that I think that like that stuff just sells.
1: Yeah, and that part was to me way more interesting than the rest of the episode. Sure. Once again I, I, mean, I want to know what happened with the dog mate, but Yeah, yes. Uh,
0: I, yeah. Yeah, I think I have to be true to myself and say that this is a big time keeper for me with the caveat of you have to have a certain, you again, we have the filter of we are watching this with eyes who have gone through the last, you know. there are unacceptable things in this episode and I'm not going to like make quibbles, but in the same way that like there, the the uncomfortableness of dealing with Jeffrey Tambor could derail my enjoyment of um, his work in dead, right? This episode, I think is just really masterfully done. And I, and it sucks that it's built on racist, such, such bad racist tropes. But I think that like the top to bottom like execution of what they're doing is about as good as you can do for something at this scale.
1: I feel like if they if there was ever a remake of this episode, it would need to be more explicit in how it handles the casual racism and like thi- really yeah. really denounce it as opposed to having it just kind of lay there.
0: I think it, I, and I think that you would have to have a black director doing something like this. Like, it's almost I, I like
1: in uh, in the man who was death, where very slowly we start to see that the character is a racist and a misogynist. Right. But the episode never really comes Rustles down on him. Yeah. Like I other think than this epi- you know he yeah. dies in the end, but I don't think that the the episode does a very good job like explicitly calling him out on that. And I no. feel like it's the same thing here where this character of Maggie says some really racist shit and nobody calls her out. And like, it just kind of, they just kind of allow it. Well, and then
0: she, and then she ends up kind of not like, not that like Logan's much better than her, but like, she's sort of, she's sort of a victim of his machinations. And, and like, you don't really get her like having a particular, like come up and she just kind of gets roped into these other two people's drama. Um, So I could definitely see like there's a way that you could tell the story that more pinpoints her a bit more like really like digs into Logan's culpability and all of this more like, yeah, I think that there's this, this is in in a lot of, in some ways, this is the episode that probably has aged the least, but I think has a lot of potential for a a 2020s like reimagination of like, what are we actually saying in this episode and like digging into the imperialistic aspects of it more explicitly. Cause I think that it's there, but it's sort of, it's, it's real. Like you were saying, it's really casual and it's not something that the episode, the episode itself is, is interested in skeletons with tongues.
1: It's not yeah. interested
0: in dealing with like the imperialistic nature of these people having their white party in the middle of the Caribbean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think that there's a way that you can tell that story m- more progressively with, if you have the right people in the room telling that story. Um, but yeah, yeah, as, as is, as an artifact of a time that I think is really problematic. I think within that, within that understanding, I think this episode's really well done. Um, and I think it's, this is one of those, like, kind of like, come or, lover come hack to me. Was this for me? This is why I expected this show to be not necessarily racist, but to be gross out horror. Like this is our... I think it's worth noting. I think this is our first, like, I guess, like you could say, "Dead Right" it has some supernatural elements to it, but this is our first, like, we have a monster in this episode. And that's this is the first time we've had that in this show. Like, up you to could this say point.
1: Jeffrey Tambor was a monster in death.
0: Well, right, off though. screen, but yes, yes, but well, yeah, no, like,
1: that but his makeup and everything, he was very uh, yes much characterized as
0: such. He, he 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 is outsized, but he but, is still like presented as a human being. Yeah,
1: like. Not a traditional monster, but
0: yeah, right. I think we're getting, and I think that's and and like there's like weird like sci-fi elements to the switch and stuff. Like yes, there, I'm, I, I think this season is getting more into like weird shit, which I'm really into. Um, but like yeah, like we have this is a zombie story. Like yes, it is a voodoo zombie, but like we have a, a deteriorating monster who's chasing around a man because she's sex crazed, and that's what I came to tales for the <laughs> tales from the crypt for. Um, and, and so like from that perspective alone, and like, this is, this definitely passes my bar of like, you could not have had this on network television yeah. by any means, um, not with the visuals, not with the level of violence that is depicted at certain points. Um, like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The, that might be my divisive opinion on this and I, and I'm just going to have to live with that, but I have to be honest with myself and say, like, I think this episode is really well done. Um, with the cap, with the asterisk of like, I don't know if I am good conscience Like if we got to the end of this season and this was still my favorite episode, I don't think I could give it that laud, only because of the issues on the, uh, not even on the like outskirts, but like at the center, like at the heart of what the story is, is so problematic. That's hard for me to excuse that. But being honest with myself, this is a keeper for me.
1: I would say if I can recommend an alternative, it's oh, not always. necessarily it's not necessarily about sex crazed zombies. Well, I'm not interested
0: in to... Sassy.
1: <laughs> not everything is. Uh, but I was trying to think, is there another zombie movie that has a sort of romantic element to it that I can recommend over the episode? Uh and I thought about uh um korean zombie film called hashtag alive Mm. um it came out i want to say maybe a couple years ago it's on netflix and it's about this guy who is sort of isolated he happens to be alone in his apartment his family is like out and about and he happens to be alone in his apartment when the zombie apocalypse starts and so he ends up having to shut the door, and he is the only person in his entire apartment complex. The rest of the apartment is just riddled with zombies. There's zombies out in the street. Uh, And he starts um, using social media and starts live streaming um, just like little video diaries. And then he finds out there's a girl on the building right across from him. And he starts kind of not having a relationship but like at least a budding friendship and um i think there's a little bit of a romantic element there but like if i if i have to choose something else that's kind of that has romance and zombies i would pick that over this
0: well cool uh so recommendation corner there um we're running a little long uh, not terribly long but do you have a casting the crypt for anybody in this episode
1: you know, when as soon as I saw uh Margaret, I was like, oh wow, she looked a lot like Allison Brie mm-hmm. in uh like Allison Brie and Mad Men with like that sort of that yeah. type of uh costume. Um and yeah. that that's who I thought even though she's not British. Um
0: Yeah, I I mean, I'm sure she can do an accent. Allison Brie would have a lot of fun with being a sex crazed zombie. I think we can all agree. Yes. <laughs> um yeah i i i as much as i have talked about this episode i don't have a really great um cast for anybody in this you know
1: i weirdly enough weirdly enough i thought that um logan was giving me some major matt smith vibes
0: okay just like super tall skinny I if we're if we're going to go with um former Dr. Who, Eric, I, I would see him more as a tenant than a Matt Smith, but that might just be be me. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I, I could see, I could see either of them doing that role well because like, I think they both have that ability to to put on charm that has a, a sinister undercurrent to it. Um, but yeah um, great. yeah, I don't have I don't have anything we did that. the thing. We did the thing. We talked about the episode. I'm sweating profusely. um, (laughs) No,
1: it's about to get hot in here again.
0: Oh, no, it's getting hot in here again. (laughs)
1: No, it's a zombie.
0: I'm burning with desire. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Thank you for sticking with us. I hope that my... I hope that anything... Hey, if there's anything we said here that was out of bounds, please let us know um, at our email address, cryptspeakers at gmail.com. And
1: Cripspeakers.yahoo.com. Uh, no, Jesse.
0: No. Oh God. Um, <laughs> and uh, you or you can reach out to us on the bird app at uh, at Cripspeakers. Um I am also on the bird app. I am at Jay the Cake Thief.
1: Uh, you can find me online at sessi.dev.
0: Um, uh, thank you again to Molly Fancher for our intro and outro music, Mr. N. You can find them on Bandcamp. You can also find us on our website, Cripspeakers.com. You'll probably, we'll probably, uh, we'll see. We'll probably put up a picture of the gross skeleton on there so you can just see how gross she is. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks again for listening. Give us those five stars. Let, let your folks know. And until next time, kiddies! Spaniards.